0: With high-quality screening exams and colonoscopies, you can actually prevent colon cancer. That is the thing that we'd love to see. Not diagnosing more cancer, but preventing
1: Welcome back to HealthWave. I'm Mitchell Nail, and at HealthWave, we believe your health matters because you matter. And we hope you're healthy and well today. Today's program is brought to you by St. Bernard's Healthcare, a trusted provider of comprehensive, compassionate healthcare services that reaches 23 counties in northeast Arkansas and southeast Missouri. St. Bernard's flagship facility, St. Bernard's Medical Center, located in the heart of Jonesboro, Arkansas for 120, now going on 121 years, houses the only level three trauma center and neonatal intensive care unit in the region for every stage of life. St. Bernard stands ready to serve you through education, treatment, and health services. My guest today is Dr. Matt Garner, a gastroenterologist with St. Bernard's Gastroenterology in Jonesboro. Dr. Garner is a native of Jonesboro and he stayed in state to attend medical school at UAMS before jumping across the Mississippi River for his residency and fellowship with the University of Tennessee in Memphis. Well, upon returning to his hometown and joining the team at St. Bernard's, Dr. Garner began serving as president of St. Bernard's Medical Group, a team of more than 260 healthcare providers spread across 40 specialties, 70 clinics, and 12 geographic counties. Dr. Garner, welcome to HealthWave.
0: Thank you, Mitchell. Happy to be here. This is an exciting month for the gastrointestinal community because this is our month when we celebrate the uh, increased awareness for colon cancer.
1: Absolutely. As part of Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month that occurs each March, according to the American Cancer Society, colorectal cancer causes the second most cancer related deaths in the United States, and it's expected that nearly 53,000 individuals will die of it this year alone. Well, even among those who survive the disease, it can leave an uncertain and life altering future ahead and the lifetime risk of developing colorectal cancer is about 4%, and we'll likely see about 150,000 new cases this year nationwide. Dr. Garner, as a gastroenterologist, what do these statistics say to you? Well, The
0: statistics really speak a lot to the burden of the disease that's out there. This is um, a disease that is somewhat silent. It's diagnosed frequently late and just For comparison reasons, we always compare it to some of the other cancers to try to figure out how are we doing? How are we attacking? What kind of successes are we having? And one of the most disappointing things about colon cancer is when you look at the five-year survival with colon cancer, it's 65%. And while that may sound, hey, well, that's not so bad, with breast cancer, we're at 90% five-year survival. So it's imperative that we make these diagnoses early. Furthermore, with high-quality screening exams and colonoscopies, you can actually prevent colon cancer. That is the thing that we'd love to see, not diagnosing more cancer, but preventing.
1: I- I'm glad you mentioned preventing because that's one word, one phrase, largely preventable that I hear you say over and over. Largely preventable. That's What do you mean by that? And is that really our, our best tool for combating colorectal cancer?
0: There are multiple tools out there, and that's the, that's another great message, is that we have a tool to fit every person. Some people are like, no, I'm not going to have a colonoscopy done. Okay, fine. Let's do a stool test. When you start talking about preventing cancer, you have to go to the what's called the polyp cancer theory, which is we believe that all colon cancers come from a polyp that starts to begin uninhibited growth, and then it begins to grow out of control, and it doesn't, on day one become a cancer. It goes through a process, and it's that process that gives us this lead time that we can diagnose the polyp, remove it, and you never get the colon cancer.
1: I'm speaking with Dr. Matt Garner, a gastroenterologist with St. Bernard's, and Dr. Garner, you you talked about there's a tool for everybody, and I understand that there are three main types of colorectal screening tests, and each one has its own pros and cons. Would you describe those tests to me? How do you decide which one a patient needs, or, or is it something that a patient maybe gets to pick?
0: Well, it is. You know, in healthcare today, we have options. And so there are always, when you visit your doctor, you're going to talk about tests. And these tests, you're going to say, well, these are the good things about the test. These are the bad things. And, and how effective is it? So when you talk about groups of tests for colorectal cancer, there are vision tests, things where you actually look at the colon by way of an endoscope, by way of what's called CT colonography, or a shorter endoscope that we call sig these are the visible tests. And they carry a slightly better effect than, say, the non-invasive stool tests. With the stool test, there are several mechanisms out there that we use. Most of these rely on either a blood sample or what we call a fecal immunohistochemical test that actually picks up on some proteins. And so we've really made some headways with these DNA tests and this fecal immunohistochemical tests. And then of course, the blood test, but they're not as invasive, but they don't prevent, but they do serve a great role when you're trying to diagnose, when you're trying to treat people, these things have a tremendous place in our scheduled a testing
1: group. Going back to kind of what you were talking about, the screening and the largely preventable, I know you mentioned the statistics about the five-year survival rate, but there's a huge quality of life component to this as well, even for those who are in that 60 some odd percent of surviving, because their life may not be the same after colorectal cancer.
0: That's exactly right. Not only psychologically, do you live in fear? Is it coming back? Have I gotten it? But you know, this is again, something that you don't even have to have that tragedy strike your family. You know, we do these colonoscopies. There's times I'll take a polyp off. I know it's big. We have a tremendous group of uh, endoscopists here who have advanced techniques. We do mucosal resections. So there's times that we can actually plump that polyp up, put some saline in it, lift it, and cut it off. And we'll find out, well, gosh, that had some cancer in it. So those are what we'll call uh, type A and type B tumors. They're very small. And the five-year survival on those kind of lesions, 99%, 95% respectively. So if we can find them early, then yes, even when they're cancer, we can prevent those terrible uh, lifelong things of having to worry about. Is my cancer coming back? Do I have to take chemotherapy? What's in store for me? How long am I going to live? Those are just terrible questions that families just struggle with. And when we make those diagnoses, we're changing a life and a family life from then on.
1: And Dr. Garner, I know the recommended age for colorectal screenings is lower for African-Americans. And this fact was tragically highlighted last year with the passing of Chadwick Boseman, Famously known as the actor who played the Marvel character Black Panther, as well as Jackie Robinson in the movie 42, both incredible movie and incredible character. But Mr. Bozeman's death showed how this disease can adversely affect minority populations, even those below the typically recommended age to begin screenings. What do both people of color as well as young people need to know about colorectal cancers?
0: Mitchell, thank you so much. That is a tremendous point. That's probably. The newest thing that's changing right now, the American Cancer Society recently released their recommendations and they've moved that line from 50 to 45 for all people. Not all of the um, providers, uh, not all the insurance companies, not all of the the colleges have accepted that as the final say, but clearly we know that 50 is a a place to start. Now, African Americans and the people of color, they have more incidents of colorectal cancer at a younger age. And we're not quite sure why that is, but we see it and we recognize it. But here's the point that if you have a change in your bowel habits, if you have blood in the stool, if something's changed, you need to talk to your doctor about it because those things need to be explained. Tell me why I'm seeing blood. And, you know, we have, um, I have a tragic story of a young physician here in town who um, was a resident. And he was following with me one day and he said, you know, I sometimes have rectal bleeding. And Mm -hmm. I looked at him, I said, rectal bleeding? He said, "Yeah, it's my hemorrhoids. I said, well, how do you know it's your hemorrhoids? And I was kind of being funny, but I said, I think you need to get that checked out. And he waited a little while, but it turns out he had colorectal cancer. So it it strikes everyone. He was in his 30s. We see it all the time. You have blood in your stool. We have to explain where it came from.
1: Don't just assume it's a hemorrhoid or or a fissure or or what have you. I mean, let's at least just rule out and then work from there.
0: That's right. Talk to your doctor. Give them the symptoms. Let them talk you through it. They may say, hey, let's watch it for a little bit and see what it does. Or they may say, nope, we need to check it right now. Let's do that. This is an important issue. And again, time matters. It is preventable.
1: Dr. Garner, recent studies have shown that throughout this COVID-19 pandemic, the number of people referred, diagnosed, and treated for colorectal cancers has fallen as healthcare providers adapted to protect patients from the virus. Now, obviously, cancers didn't miraculously just go away because we experienced a global pandemic. What do you think this means for this year, next year, and beyond?
0: Tragically, I think there's a lot of catching up to do. Some of the studies suggested that over 90% of screening was curtailed during a six-month period during the shutdown. During those months, there are undiagnosed cancers that are moving ahead and marching insidiously on. So we're going to see an uptick in the diagnosis and worsening stage in the next couple of years as we look at the data. Usually we run a a little bit behind. The 2020 data is not even solid in the books yet, but I think we're going to see that there's going to be more colorectal cancer diagnosed. It's going to be a higher grade. You're going to have more C and D cancers, and uh, those particular grades of cancer don't do as well.
1: Let's end on a little bit of an an upbeat note, I guess. My final question for you, uh, what would you say to someone of a screening age Maybe they're not even of a screening age. That They say, I'm healthy. I've got no signs of family history or colorectal cancers. It's not a pleasant screening and it's cost prohibitive. Why would you still encourage them to get screened? And then like somebody who has no idea, maybe they don't even have an established primary care doctor. Wh- where would they even start?
0: Those are great questions. Um, let me say first, before we get into the bottom line of that is, you know, lifestyle makes a difference. And we're talking about healthy living and and healthy choices. And it's just not that complicated in terms of uh, colorectal cancer. First, let's talk about what we can do to make ourselves less likely to have colon cancer. It turns out that people that exercise three times a week and sweat, that's not like just walking down the street, but you got to sweat a little bit. They have dramatically less colorectal cancer. People who eat a lot of vegetables, particularly the colored vegetables, yellows, orange they have better carotenes. Those people tend to have less colorectal cancer and people who take aspirin. Now, I'm not saying that that's what you ought to do, but if your doctor puts you on aspirin or a non-steroidal, it has a protective effect, and those are important things to do. So when you have a change in your bowels, when you have things that happen, you got to talk to your primary care doctor. They're the guys that know you better than anybody, and you may not even have one. We have first care clinics located all over the place. And there are people standing ready to see you and to meet your need. These people are highly trained. They're very personable and they can help you answer that question. Is this something I need to worry about or do I need to just change my lifestyle?
1: And I appreciate you mentioning that. I think it's always a great place to start. Uh, Start local and then we can work from there. That's Dr. Matt Garner with St. Bernard's Gastroenterology in Jonesboro. Dr. Garner, thank you so much for joining us on HealthWave.
0: Mitchell, thank you for having me. I look forward to spreading the word.
1: For more information about St. Bernard's Healthcare, you can visit their website, stbernards.info, that's S-T-B-E-R-N-A-R-D-S dot I-N-F-O, or you can call the St. Bernard's Health Line at 870-207-7300. And we thank each of you for joining us on HealthWave. If you haven't hit that subscribe button yet, we ask that you do so just so that you can know anytime we post new content. If the podcast service you're using lets you leave HealthWave a rating, we ask that you leave us a five-star review so other folks can find us more easily. And we also welcome your questions and suggested topics. You can submit those by searching for St. Bernard's Healthcare on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and sending us a direct message there. And that's all the time we have for this edition of HealthWave. And we hope you join us again on our next episode For HealthWave, I'm Mitchell Nail. Thanks for tuning in.